You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hi everyone, welcome to a little mini-sode of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and today is a special tiny episode of me just wanting to share with you a little bit about my personal tarot journey and my experience with... um, becoming a professional reader and learning how to read tarot from an intuitive perspective and how to ditch my guidebook and go beyond the kind of superficial meaning of the cards and deeper into the medicine behind them. And yeah, all of that good juicy stuff that exists beyond, uh, the stuff that you might read in your guidebook. So I want to start by saying, um, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the guidebook because, you know, we've got to start somewhere. You guys, we, we absolutely must. And the intention with my tarot course that just launched for pre-sale and is starting on the new moon in October is to help you, um, Yes, understand the meaning of the cards and what the guidebook says and and why, but then to also seek out medicine behind it and actual practical tools that you can incorporate into your everyday life to help you do that. Because ideally, the tarot is an amazing tool to help us shift our perspective But we can't shift our perspective unless we can step back and observe it with non-attachment. And my background as a yoga teacher and a Reiki master and deep study into the chakra system and the subtle body and all of these tools that I've used throughout the last few decades in my life is what I want to and what I always do, excuse me, to um, add additional medicine into my tarot practice. So it's a really comprehensive exploration of the cards from my unique experience with them. Um, That being said, the sacred wheel is open to beginners and advanced practitioners. It's going to be over 14 hours of content with explanations of all 78 cards, upright, reverse, court cards. We'll look over spreads. We'll talk about cultivating intuition. I'll teach you about the elements and the chakras and some of the yogic principles that I apply to the cards so that you can um, 
understand the meanings without needing to rely on the guidebook so much, but to say like, okay, well, I know this element and now I know the meaning of this chakra and now I can see the astrological association with it and we can start to discern the meanings of the cards beyond that. And we can also start to tap into our intuition and see the relationship between the cards around it if it's in a spread and how that relates very specifically to our lives or to the lives of others if we're reading for other people. And we'll, we'll touch on that as well at the end. Um, so that's a little bit about the course. The course is called The Sacred Wheel, um, and it really is an eight-week journey, an exploration of the cards, of the elements, of the chakra system, of the personal journey that we go through of life, death, and rebirth, and the lessons that we learn both on an egoic level and on a soul level. So not only will you really dive deep into this tool But the course is also designed to make you dive really deep into your own journey, right? And so ideally, at the end of this course, you will uncover lots of juicy material um, about yourself and experience your own soul growth. So thank you for listening to that little introduction. And I just want to begin by telling you a little bit about my tarot journey. So I started reading the cards about six years ago, six-ish years ago. And um, I was at a shop in Brooklyn called Sajuk. If you know it, it's in Clinton Hill. Check it out. And it was next to a yoga studio that I taught at. And I saw a business card on the counter for a tarot reader. And I went and had my first reading with Bakara, who was on the last episode, and I was really blown away by the accuracy of what she said. So a few months later, when she announced that she was going to be co-teaching um, a tarot class with Jeff Hinshaw, I signed up and took a six-month deep dive into the cards with them. It was a beautiful and magical experience, and I really had no intention of becoming a professional reader, and I really just wanted to explore uh, this new concept, and I had just finished a Reiki 2 training where I learned the Reiki symbols, and the symbols of the tarot cards really started speaking to me immediately, and I saw how powerful symbolism is in our world and especially in the metaphysical and esoteric practices. And so thus began a very personal practice with just learning and pulling cards for myself and understanding spreads and diving into the way that I myself embodied these archetypes. And from there, I opened a small space in Manhattan with another yoga teacher, um, And I started offering some of my yoga classes and my Reiki sessions there. And eventually I just started incorporating tarot into some of my workshops and my Reiki sessions. And eventually my clients started asking me for readings and it all just started to build. And when I moved here to Nashville, I began teaching tarot uh, 
in person in workshops and reading a lot at events and parties. So in the last three years, almost four now that I've been in Nashville, I have given thousands and thousands of professional readings, doing a lot of events where I'm giving, you know, um, 20, 30, 40 readings a night. So I've really deepened my practice with the tarot quickly. And I want to talk a little bit about the way that I used to read and the way that I read now. So we all start somewhere and we, we pull a card, we look at the image, and then we reference the guidebook, and then we try to apply that card to our lives. And I'm going to use as an example the card that I pulled for myself just this m- last month in September. Right, So the card that I pulled for myself was the five of pentacles. Now the fives across the deck are all cards about conflict. They're the quote unquote difficult cards of the tarot. And this is one reason that I think people um, kind of steer clear of tarot practices in general, right? Because there's those hard cards. Nobody wants to see the devil. Nobody wants to see death. Nobody wants to see necessarily a card like the five of pentacles because it instills fear and the ego reacts to that in a very visceral way. So I'm just going to take, for example, when I read this card for myself five years ago, I, I look at the card and the image is two men lying in the snow. So I'm using the example from the classic writer weight deck. And behind them is a church. Uh, They're not facing the church. They're face down in the snow. They look poor. They look homeless. They look hungry. They look tired. They look desperate. So it's not a beautiful image to see. And then, you know, I reference the guidebook, and it's a pretty, um, I'll paraphrase, a simplistic answer that says sadness, worry, illness, Falling on hard times, job loss, financial trouble, rejection, worry, and anxiety, right? So here are some of the words used to describe this card. So you can imagine if you're reading this, and this is a card pool for the month of September, I'm going to approach this from an immediate state of fear. I think anyone who pulls one of these difficult cards is going to be like, oh, shit, what the fuck is going to happen to me in September? And and in the past, I would have spent that whole day or that whole week or that whole month pretty worried about, is somebody that I love or myself going to get sick? Am I going to go into debt? Is what's going to happen, right? And And that can be kind of a scary and confusing thing to move through. And so that was the card I pulled for September. And this is how I read it now is just like, yes. And, you know, I was kind of pissed off even when I first saw the card, even after so much exploration, my immediate ego reaction is like, oh, you know, I don't want to have financial difficulty this month. August is naturally a slow month for myself and my partner. September is usually the month that we start to pick it up and start to recoup from a slow couple of months over the summertime. Like, what's going to happen? How are we going to make this work? The whole story starts to, like get itself into place. It's a scarcity mentality, right? And so 
immediately that is my response. Even as a seasoned reader, immediately that is my response. And so it really took me a few days of sitting with the energy of the card. And then I start to incorporate the medicine. And the medicine beyond that card is when we imagine that those figures stand up and turn around and look at what's behind them. And what's behind them is a church. It's offering warmth. It's offering security. It's offering support. It is the perspective that we need to see. And so I, in my practice, start to embody shifting my perspective of being in scarcity, being in lack, and really anxiety and worry that just continues to just make that cycle deeper and deeper, but rather stopping myself and shifting my perspective to what I do have. So the medicine this card offers is using tools and practices to shift that perspective. So what I did was incorporated the the medicine I know that is associated with the element of earth. Pentacles are related to the earth element. So I did a lot of work with my physical body. I did a restorative practice for 60 to 90 minutes a day for um, many of the days in September, almost every other day or every day. Um, I made herbal medicine. I made an herbal body oil. I spent a lot of time in nature. I did tangible things to work with this earth element to keep myself grounded and feeling what the medicine of this card, the underlying medicine of pentacles is the root chakra, safety, security, and stability, right? I started cooking really healthy foods um, at, were shifting into the fall season, right? And so I started cooking earthy, grounding root vegetables, fresh organic foods, things that I knew would create a system or a sense of security, safety, and stability. And what that, what those practices allowed me to do was stop myself when I started to feel desperate, scared, worried, anxious that there wasn't going to be enough. And I was able to shift my perspective into what was presently available because the church is there. The church is there in the picture, but we have to take the concerted effort to stand up, turn around and see it. Right. And so I'll give you an example of that. I started a gratitude practice Right? So gratitude is a practice of actively witnessing what we have available to us. Right, And so, um, listen, I'll be totally honest. September fucking sucked for us financially. There was not enough money coming in to pay the bills and it sent us into some debt. Now, this was hard, right? This was a hard reality to face. But like I said earlier, the medicine is when we're able to sit very deeply with our current reality, but with non-attachment so that it doesn't feel absolute because this is where we get stuck. It would have been very easy for me to be like, I can't pay the bills. This is going to be terrible. I don't know what we're going to do. Anxiety, worry, all of these things moving in and fear and kind of just keep exacerbating the situation, right? But instead, I I changed the perspective. So one example is I 
both of my, me and my partner, our, both of our phones broke this month. Like a perfect example of just like, ugh, if you have an iPhone, you know how frustrating this is. And it just can sometimes glitch out and stop working. And, you know, when my phone broke, it started to send me into that frenzy, into that scarcity of like, Jesus Christ, my phone, this is how I create content. This is how I book my appointments. This is how I get paid through apps on my phone. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And I stopped myself in the middle of my frenzy of being pissed off and frustrated and anxious and worried. I stopped myself and I'm like, listen, girl, You can do this without your phone. You have a computer, you have an iPad, you have a car, get yourself in it and drive yourself to the Apple store. And then my ego wants to fight back right away and be like, oh, what if there's traffic? I can't use my Google Maps. And I'm like, girl, stop. You lived in New York City 12 years ago. You figured out how to navigate the goddamn subway system without your iPhone because you didn't have one then. Like, chill, slow your roll everything is going to be fine. And throughout the month, I started to notice all of the ways that I look around my life and see what's not there. I need this. I need that. I need to do this for Ruby. I need to buy this. Da 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 da. And I would stop myself and instead of focusing on what I don't have, I would switch and flip the perspective and say, Okay, but I'm grateful that I have this. And even though money's not here now, I know that it's coming, right? My partner's in the middle of switching jobs. He's doing a long training program. When the new job goes live, there will be more flow, right? So I am actively and consistently reminding myself that I am safe, that I am supported, and that the situation is not absolute, right? And so this is just a quick example of how we can read the cards from a kind of very surface level egoic perspective, and then how we can start to look deeper into them and really utilize the medicine behind them in an intuitive way. And we're all different and we're all in different situations. So that was a very specific situation for me. But I know that if I would have pulled this card, you know, five years ago, I definitely would not have been able to kind of go deeper into the meaning um, and beyond what the guidebook said. I would have let those, those scary words in the guidebook of like sadness and illness and scarcity and lack, I would have let those kind of define the situation and played out a more fear-based story in my mind for much of the month. And, and, you know, we do have to do that in the beginning for a while. And then we can look back in hindsight, it's 2020 and we can, you know, start to understand it. But I've done all that work, and now I want to offer the wisdom and knowledge and that has come through my direct experience with the cards. So, um, yeah, I hope that you guys like this story and that um, it inspires you to look deeper into the meaning of the cards and to kind of play with them in a different way. And uh, maybe 
even explore uh, not using your guidebook anymore, right? And just looking at the cards and seeing the image and imagining what it would be like to uh, explore what the people are doing and what the medicine of that image would be if you were to continue that storyline on. Okay, you guys, so I hope that this provided you with some useful information and I'm going to interview Jeff Hinshaw, which is the uh, my other tarot mentor. I'm going to interview him for the next episode, which is coming out on October, I think it's 14th for the full moon in Aries. And we're going to go deep into his tarot story and how he relates to tarot and how he created the Brooklyn Fools. And he's also an amazing astrologer. So we're going to talk a little bit about the connection between astrology and um, tarot. And then I will also give you a full moon forecast. So stay tuned for that. And as always, if you like these uh, episodes, please rate them or give me a review on iTunes. It helps to grow the podcast and helps other people find me. You could also support it um, through Anchor. And again, if you're interested in learning more about tarot, you can join me for the sacred wheel. The pre-sale is going live now. It's $222. That price will go up after the full moon to $333. So jump on that. There's more information on my website, hollydramey.com, or you can follow me on the gram. I'm always posting about it there. And you could also sign up for my newsletter for um, to keep updated on all of my events. So Thank you guys so much for being here and for listening, and I will catch up with you next week. Take care.